Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with Iraq Veteran 8888. Today, we've got another gun gripe episode for you. All right, we're going to be getting into the Ghost Guns Act of 2020. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that a little bit. And, and of course, it's a it's a really uh, crazy piece of legislation we're going to get into. Uh, I do want to mention before we get into today today's video. Uh, take a second to go check out Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. It's Matt and I's podcast. Uh, we post every Friday on all of the platforms that you expect to find podcasts on, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. We're all over the freaking place, but uh, really great stuff, long-form uh, conversation, about an hour uh, each episode in terms of the time length. So a nice long podcast that you can put on in the background and listen to at work and everything like that. Also, for those of you that don't know, Gun Gripes is now also a podcast. All of our Gun Gripe episodes are uploaded uh, as a podcast as they come along. And then also the Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit podcast, which is a separate podcast from Gun Gripes. And that's Matt and I. Uh, Matt with Ballistic Inc. is the guy that uh, does the podcast with me. And Matt and I serve together. Uh, so check it out. Really great uh, podcast. If you like this type of stuff, it's a slightly different format. You might dig it. So uh, check that out if you enjoy Gun Gripes. Uh, and leave us a nice review, please. Help us get those uh, search uh, <laughs> results a little bit higher. Get us higher in the search results. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's get into this. Uh, the, the bare bones idea of this legislation is they're trying to, all right, they don't want people manufacturing their own firearm receivers or firearms in general, right? And they want to make it unlawful for people to have the tools, the tools or machinery to do such a thing. And the idea, what makes this so freaking dumb and crazy is that they have no clue how many random home machinists there are. How many people have mills and lathes and CNC machines? Look, CNCs are a lot more popular than they used to be. You know, in the early advent of CNC machinery, you know, it was only like the high-end, uh, you know, manufacturing facilities that could have access to CNC machinery and things like that. But nowadays, yeah, you, you've got Joe Blow who has access to CNC machinery and you can't say, oh, you can't own a CNC machine. You can't own a 3D printer. You can't own a mill, a lathe. You can't own a file or a drill bit. And that's how asinine this uh, idea is. They are so afraid <laughs> of America pulling themselves up by the bootlaces and just being free people that they have to scheme and dream up every little thing they can do, you know what I mean, to try and keep people from arming themselves. Mm -hmm. And right now, uh, gun sales are at an all-time high. The, More people are buying guns. So the gun sales are up big time, okay? More guns are being sold than like ever before now. And it is estimated that 40% of the gun sales that are occurring right now, during this time here in 2020, uh, are from new gun owners. 40%. 40% of the firearms that are being sold are new gun owners. And that's just what there's NICS checks for. Yes. That doesn't include private sales. Yep. That doesn't include people that are making their own firearms. And now I want to make it clear and distinctly clear here. It's completely legal to manufacture your own firearms at home. Yes. I mean... You, you, you are... Every American citizen can make their own firearms. It is not illegal. Mm -hmm. There's nothing against it. All right. Before we get too much further into the language of this bill, I do want to mention also <laughs> oh, really quick, okay? <laughs> You're going to kill me for this. So... I was just told this morning that Chad has 
another little family member on the way. And that makes number... Your fourth kid is on the way. And then, and then, and then what's the age difference? So... Ten years. Ten years between the youngest and mm-hmm. the oldest. And it seems like just yesterday, your 10-year-old, I was holding that, that baby. It's so weird how time flies. It does. Isn't it? And it's like 10 years later, you got four kids. So I, look, weird. I look back on some of the early videos we did, because I mean, I'm always going back and finding old footage to repurpose and use as B-roll in some of our newer content. And I look back, and I'm like, God, we were so young, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I look back, and I see you know, your stepkids and my kids, you know, photos and stuff. And you reminisce and you're like, man, where has the time gone? I mean, old timers don't lie when they say the older you get, the faster time flies. There's a lot of people are asking when you're going to cut that dang hair off. My wife won't let me right now. Well, so it's obviously working. You got, <laughs> it's, it's doing something. It's doing something. It's, it's obviously increasing your animal magnetism. Okay, like know, you must kinda, have some animal magnetism. I, I kind of like all the trolls out there, too. I don't know. You think you're trolling me, but really, I think I'm trolling y'all. Now, I'm going to pull a Johnny Knoxville, and I'm going to run up with a, with a, <laughs> with a, with a buzz, and you'll have to cut it off. All right, anyway, my wife I wanted to mention that. that. So, <laughs> so congrats to Chad and the family. Got the fourth one on the way. So, uh, What am I going to do? Oh, boy. So let's get into the language right. of this bill. So the bill is entitled H.R. Uh, 7468. Yep. And, of course, it's a House resolution. <laughs> yeah, of Stop. course, the House introduces oh, this Of course. Stuff. Stop Home Manufacturer of Ghost Guns Act of 2020. Yeah. I mean, you'd think that, like, I don't know, with, with all the new gun owners and everything, and gun sales being so high... Yeah, they really pull something like this and expect it to gain any traction. I mean, people are paying attention. We're not that complacent. But right. the, I think what what they're really focused on in in this bill are the firearms, the specific firearms manufacturing devices that are desktop size, like the Ghost Gunner machine. You know, it is a very popular machine. It's a small CNC machine, and it's already pre-programmed. You purchase it, and you, you buy an 80% receiver and you drop it in there and it will turn it into a firearm. And then you can serialize it at home, you know, as required by law. Uh, but it is a, it is a firearm that you manufactured on your own time that was, that has no paperwork trail to it. And that's what they're afraid of. They think that these firearms like that are being manufactured and being divvied out like on the street. That's what they always say. It's like, we got to get these off the street. Well, what do you mean off the street? I mean, is this guy really making them out of his, out of his house and just passing them out like candy? Like, here you go, criminals, let's go. Listen, the United States has the highest per capita uh, amount of guns in the household per capita of anywhere in the world. And uh, we have the highest number of firearms in civilian and law enforcement and military mm-hmm. hands of any country in the entire world. The United States owns... 48% or so of the world's firearms yeah. are in the United States, okay? There are yep. millions of firearms, okay? I think for every 100 people, there's 120 firearms. Yeah, so estimated firearms in civilian possession in the United States is 393,347,000. Right, so, so the point I'm making is that there are so many guns in the United States that these people want to chase this gremlin that doesn't exist, and they want to act like firearms are the cause of all of these perceived horrible problems mm-hmm. and all of these things that are going on. But really, when you look at the amount of firearms that are in the United States and the amount of gun owners that are in the United States, mm-hmm. and when you actually look at the data, and we've discussed it in so many other videos, I'm not going to bore you with the data, but the data, the devil's in the data, mm-hmm. right? Um, when you look at the data of shootings, 
and everything. And once you, you know, take out like gang violence and, you know, violence, uh, and when you look at, let's just say, uh, police shootings or suicides and all of these areas where, yes, statistically a firearm was used to uh, carry out the act, once you remove those kind of outliers from the situation and just kind of get down to the basics of it, firearms are not really that dangerous of a thing for, you know, your overall safety, okay? But here's the other thing to consider, too. All these people that are going, oh, well, why would somebody want to do an 80% receiver? Because they just want to have a gun that nobody knows about and everything. It's not just that, guys. Look, a guy that buys an 80% receiver and makes, uh, you know, wants to make their own firearm... I'm going to say, I'm going to go out and say, that person probably has 10 freaking ARs that they bought through a gun store or whatever. It's not like they're doing it to circumvent something. They're doing it more as a curiosity, as something that's fun, as a as an engineering feat, or just mm-hmm. as a learning. Uh, you know, some folks want to learn more about that sort of stuff. So it is it is a good learning tool to learn how your firearm operates uh, there's no better way to learn how a firearm operates than to build a firearm. Absolutely. And, uh, and it, a it's a people, hobby thing. It's you know? a hobby so. thing. People don't, you know, th- there are not people out there that are making 80% into completed firearms and then going to gun shows and selling them to Joe Blow, whoever. That's just not happening. Okay, a factory AR-15 receiver is so cheap to buy, right? Trust me, people own tons of AR receivers and uh, and... Just for people watching this video that may not know it, okay, but there are a lot of folks that keep just extra AR-15 receivers on hand, so if they want to build out a pistol or if they want to build out a rifle or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, an AR-15 receiver is a very handy thing to have laying around, right? Uh, you don't have to build out the gun until you're ready. So from a perspective of, let's just say I went to the gun store and I want to buy five AR receivers. Well, that's no big deal. You can buy five AR receivers and they all could transfer on one uh, 4473 mm-hmm. when you buy them. And you can just put them on the shelf and you don't build them till you're ready. Okay, so some people opt for the easier way of just really... Honestly, buying the receiver is the way easier way. That's the instant gratification way. And millions of Americans own piles of factory AR-15 receivers. So don't think that that the idea of making an AR lower with a ghost gunner is some outlier or something that like tons of people are doing. It is a very specialized thing that a lot of hobbyists and enthusiasts want to learn more about building guns. So t- don't think that what they're making it out to be, they're trying to make a uh, a molehill into a mountain, and it's just not the case. Yeah, so they don't specifically mention the ghost gunner. In in the text that's available right now, the, the full text of the bill really isn't available on congress.gov. It was just a, there's an article on guns.com that we got pointed to, and uh, they had basically a, a quick summary Synopsis. of the bill and, and all. But um, the the issue with it is, is the, the wording in these bills is always so ambiguous. And they, they say a firearms manufacturing machine. Well, I mean, that could be a common manual a file, mill, you know, and a lathe. <laughs> and, you know, also hand tools. Because, I mean, many early, like, submachine guns and such were designed around the the idea that they could be manufactured in, like, a home garage, a home workshop. Because these are tube guns, okay? Yeah. You take a pipe, you know, a, a, a tube of metal, and then you make a few choice cuts in it with some measuring tools, and you may have to weld a few parts on there, but you could have a functional firearm, you know, yep. by hand tools. I mean, how do you think, you know, like uh, hammers and other, uh, 
other parts are fitted onto certain guns like 1911s. A lot of parts have to be hand-fitted. Well, they have to be filed down and stoned, you know, and, and, and fit precisely. You look at revolvers. All those parts have to be hand-fitted, okay? They're not using a machine to fit them. They're using tools, files, okay? Yep. Um, honing tools, things like that. So to, to say that you can't own a firearms manufacturing machine is to say that you can't own a mill and a lathe. Because you do metalworking. You can't own a, a brake to, to bend uh, sheets of metal. Yep. You can't own a drill press, for God's sake. This is what, <laughs> this is the ambiguity that just kills me in these stupid, just asinine pieces of legislation that these idiots come up with just to stick it to John Q. Public, you know, all the time. John Q. Public gun owner is like, oh, well, you can't be having that because there's a lot of data that we've got that we came up with just. Pulled it out of the sky. It shows, like, oh, there's a lot of these ghost guns out there being sold to everybody. And, oh, there's mass pandemonium. Woo! All crazy. Right, so here's another aspect of it. Uh, if you guys haven't, all right, Vice uh, did a really good documentary about the Khyber Pass gun uh -huh. shops uh -huh. in Afghanistan. Okay, so the Khyber Pass, look, <laughs> they, they have been making guns with hand tools and really crude materials and crude workmanship for a long, long time. But I will say this, that some of the guns that they're cranking out of the Kyber Pass, like that whole area is just sort of a home-built mm -hmm. gun area. Like, And they copy lots of different guns, and they've gotten pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. And if you look, I mean, you'll see a guy with a file just... And we're talking, away. we're talking like the drop breach, like Martinis, uh, Gehendras, oh, no, no. you know, and then... Dude, and they're, then they're copying Browning High Powers, yep. Tokarev pistols, they're copying AKs, yep. they're copying infield rifles, they're copying all kinds of stuff, and they're building them with a, with a you know, in some cases, a fair amount of precision, and they ha they're making their own ammunition, mm -hmm. and if you've never seen it before, okay, if you've never seen how they make ammo in the Kuiper Pass, you should check it out. It's really cool. This guy comes in with this bag, okay? A giant bag. It looks like Santa Claus's sack. Comes walking in. <laughs> go and puts it down on the floor, opens it up carefully. It's gunpowder, okay? And he goes through and he's picking out a little crap in the gunpowder or whatever, and they take the gunpowder and they put it in like this um this volumetric like wooden box that they put the powder in, okay? <laughs> And they shake it in there, and then they, you know, carefully, like, coordinate off or whatever, you know, shake off the excess, and they've got these little, like, pre-charged things or whatever. And then they, they take the, you know, their 762 by 39 cases, and they charge them. And then they got a little guy that's got a little press, and he's loading it, and that's how they make them. And it's the craziest thing ever to think that these guys are just cracking out this ammo like that, bags of powder and... You know, whole giant crate of projectiles and cases. And uh, look, mm -hmm. the point is the point I'm trying to make where there's a will, there's a way. Mm -hmm. You cannot stop someone from achieving self preservation. Nope. Okay. And it shouldn't be the government's job to try to regulate self preservation. I mean, uh, the Second Amendment is an individual right. I have the right to protect myself, I have a right to own a gun and use it and life and liberty and the pursuit of everything that I want in the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, right? So it's not the government's job to regulate that, to, to stop that from occurring, right? So anything that the government does uh, that would even come close to taking away my ability uh, to achieve said liberty, life, and everything like that, and, and to 
use my Second Amendment rights for what they're intended to be, uh, that's 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 a step backwards. That's not that's not the government's role. The government's role is not to prevent people from protecting themselves. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see the data that these antis have on you know eighty percent receivers and things like that being made into firearms, being used in crimes. I mean, because I bet you anything that it is a teeny tiny little iota of a percent of the total crime rate that goes on in this country and. The most crime that's related to firearms happens in the big municipalities, you know, with tough gun laws, things like that. I mean, look at what's going on in Chicago. We always talk about Chicago, but look what's going on in New York right now. You know, ever since all the COVID mess started and all the protests and all this BLM stuff had started up and the police have been pushed back. Well, guess what? Guess what's moved into these communities? Criminals, you know, and they've, they've kind of got free reign right now. I mean, you've got innocent people being murdered on a daily basis in these big cities you know, because they have strict gun laws, but they think that that's the answer to the uh, problem? No, absolutely not. And, you know, these people can't get it through their thick heads that re- uh, regulations like this, this this piece of trash legislation, do nothing to affect the overall crime in, in the country. It's all like a cultural thing. They're just and, pandering to their voters. Oh, absolutely. It's all it is. But the, the thing is, like I said, it's just very ambiguous, and these laws don't do anything to prevent crime. They never will, because if... Like Eric said, if there's a will, there's a way. If someone is hell bent on 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 obtaining a firearm to to commit a crime, you think they're going to go through the trouble <laughs> of machining their own eighty percent lower in their house? Uh, no, they're going to go and steal a gun. They're going to break into someone's house and try to steal their guns, or they're going to break into a gun store. They're going to drive their their vehicle through the front of a gun store, like has happened in in numerous occasions all across the country in the past decades, okay, decades of time since gun stores have really been prevalent in the U.S., okay, guns have been stolen. They've been used in crime. But if if it's left up to these anti-gunners, they would have you be responsible for that criminal's activity with a stolen firearm. So that's the ultimate end goal is just take things away piecemeal at a time. It's definitely you an know? incremental uh, chipping of the block. But and, man, you know. it's just, you know, to, to say that you can't own a, a, a piece of machinery that that has been used to make everything that you use in your life. I mean, CNC machines, like Eric said, they've become a lot more prevalent because, you know, back in the day, they were big, bulky, they were very expensive. But now there's pallet-sized CNC machines that are extremely affordable, and you can do all kinds of stuff on it, small screw machines, things like that. Oh, gosh, I mean, there are surplus screw machines. that Yeah, they might be a little bit aging, but man, there are Swiss screw machines that can crank out some really great quality parts. Man, you you can make anything. I mean, everything that you use on a daily basis, from like your your phone, uh, you know, tools around the house, um, things in your kitchen, the metal components. A lot of that was made on either a mill or a lathe. And these anti-gunners want to take those machines away from people. So that's another thing too. All right. If you're a manufacturer and you own CNC machines, but you make, uh, you make coffee cups. Okay. Are you going to have to get a federal firearms license because you have machinery that is capable of turning a block of metal into a working firearms receiver? That's a great point. I mean, are they that asinine? Yes. Yes, they are sadly, but that, I mean, dude, really? All right, look, come on. I'll, I'll end this video uh, just by, by mentioning one more thing, okay? 
Uh, now, I know of a firearms manufacturer. I'm not going to say which one because I, I hope that they probably don't want me to mention this, but I'm going to mention it just because it's, it's very, very pertinent to this, this situation. All right. But one of our close friends, uh, you know, has a firearms business, uh, you know, makes firearms. Uh, but oddly enough, probably 70% of his business uh, is making these really rare and obscure and <laughs> weird tractor parts, like of, of all things, right? So when you think, when people think gun manufacturer, yes, a, a, a gun is something that someone can manufacture. But if you are truly about making money and keeping your machines running all the time, mm -hmm. you are going to make other things as well that are a commodity that you can sell and make money, right? Diversification. So, and manufacturing facility is a manufacturing facility, mm -hmm. right? They make things, right? Uh, just like, uh, you know, during the war, right? Lots of private sector companies got drawn in to produce for the war effort. Look, manufacturing is manufacturing. Uh, just because you go from making sewing machines to 1911s, mm -hmm. uh, the, the the base principle is very, very similar, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this guy, 70% of his business is selling these tractor parts, which apparently are very, very valuable and sell for a lot of money. And they require super, super, super amount of precision. Like, you know, uh, I'm not going to say which country they go to, but very precise. And the people that order them are like measuring. And if it's, you know, it's got to be perfect. Well, anyway, um, so that's that's one area, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, is that guy going to sit on his hands for the other 70% of the time that he's not making firearms? Or is he going to keep his machines running? Because when you own all of this machinery, all the CNC machines and multi-axis lathes and Swiss, Swiss uh, screw machines, whatever it may be, if those machines aren't running, they're costing you money. Absolutely. So any reputable manufacturer is going to find a way to keep their machines running. They cost money to sit there. So it's just something to keep in mind. The danger of this legislation is it's, um, you know, it, it really does punish people for just being, uh, you know, entrepreneurs. And, and, and not only from the manufacturing side, but also just from uh, the general hobbyist level engineering side, right? I mean, people have uh, a right to build a firearm. So that that's, I mean, we can do that. That's legal. People should be able to pursue whatever interest uh, they have. So if their interest is mechanical engineering and they want to learn more about how guns work, they should be able to make one. Yep. Not doing anybody any harm. I mean, there's no harm that comes from any of this until someone uses a tool in a criminal way. I mean, that's the bottom line. No matter what the hell the tool is, if it's used in, in a wrong manner than what it was intended, then guess what? There's been a crime committed and there might be a victim at that point, but they're trying to make victims before they're even thought of. I mean, like just because you made a firearms receiver, you're a bad person. Yeah. You know, that's important uh, distinction to make is that there are a heck of a lot of people that want to demonize gun owners and like, Oh, well, because you're a gun owner, you're, you're already sort of um, predisposed to this activity or that activity, or they want to push gun owners into some dark underbelly uh, where you don't get the same privileges and rights and, and respect yeah. from the community as this person might get, who is obviously, you know, has millions and millions of followers and all of the liberal social media sites are like pushing and sharing and algorithmically mm -hmm. pumping their message while using complex algorithms and shadow banning mm -hmm to suppress put down them. and suppress yeah. messages such as ours. So um, that's a whole nother bag of apples. But uh, there is a cultural war that is sort of happening. And this is just a tiny soldier 
in that cultural war. So guys, thank you so much for watching today's video. We really appreciate it. Again, check out Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit is a great podcast. I know you guys are going to love it. Matt and I are putting a lot of time and effort into it. Make sure you check it out. Also, if you want to support Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit and us as a channel, of course, here at Iraq Veteran, uh, go over to Ballistic Inc., pick yourself up a t-shirt. Uh, all of the funds that we earn go right back into supporting your favorite content creators. So whatever shop you go on, if you go buy one from Tim or Mr. Guns and Gear or me or whoever, uh, you're going to support that content creator directly. So that is a great way you can support your favorite content creators is to go pick up a shirt. Uh, thank you guys very much. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon. Many more videos on the way. Take care, guys.